Hi, this is Veronica Red, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Ed Robertson, along with our guest, Adam Sharp. Adam Sharp, president of the National Academy of Television Arts and Sciences, a.k.a. the Daytime Emmy Awards. Both the Daytime Emmys and the Primetime Emmys are working on two major changes for 2022, one of which is the creation of the Children's and Family Emmy Awards as its own competition, while the other change is a realignment of both the Primetime Emmy Awards and Daytime Emmy Awards so that both competitions will now be organized entirely by content genre versus program scheduling. The realignment of both the Primetime Emmys and Daytime Emmys based on content genre versus program scheduling not only reflects the ways that you and I have been watching television for most of the past decade, it marks the most significant change in the Emmy Awards platform since the inception of the Daytime Emmy Awards in 1974. For more information, emmyonline.tv, emmyonline.tv. You can follow Adam Sharp on Instagram and on Twitter. Later on in our conversation, we will ask Adam for his thoughts on the recent passings of two major Emmy Award winners, Betty White and John Madden. We talked about uh, sports a little while ago, um, sports being its own category. I understand that while the end goal is to have all various different Emmy Awards competition to be based on content genre by 2023, uh, both sports and um, the do-it-yourself type of instructional shows, those two, the, 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 those two competitions will still be divided by airtime in 2022. Is there a reason for that? Is it just a practicality? or? So sports is, is still a standalone competition. It's game show and DIY instructional programming that uh, within daytime are still going to be divided by day park between daytime and, and prime time for the 2022 cycle. And then in 2023, we hope to have them fully aligned by, by genre. And I, the, the main reason for, for that has to do with uh, when we look at uh, how we realign some of the categories between competitions and where we were moving things and combining things between daytime and, and prime time to get to that goal of either having a very clear distinction between what's a daytime and prime time or moving everything from one genre to a single competition. In every other case, categories already existed in the competitions to accommodate those changes. In game show and the DIY instructional space, um, to do some of the realignments that we are considering would likely require some more changes to other categories uh, in, in how we, we reshuffle that. Um, and because of the different calendars of when daytime and primetime each have to announce their category lists, we simply could not get those changes done in both competitions yeah. in time to announce both at the same time. And we did not want to be in a situation where we announced on one competition, yes, we're getting rid of this category, they will go over to the other competition, 
<laughs> but the other competition yet hadn't announced where they would be going yeah. and then have people left in limbo for a few months. Um, so we're going to be working with the other academy to, to sort that out. We expect that by this summer we will have that plan announced for next year so that as people complete their production for this year, they know exactly where they'll be submitting it next cycle. Okay, so just to be clear, because I did misspeak, sports, the sports Emmys will be based on content genre in 2022, but uh, it, with the end goal that um, game show and instructional slash DIY will be based on uh, content genre by 2023. Correct. Okay. Adam Sharp is on the line with us. Adam Sharp, president of the National Academy of Television, Arts, and Sciences, the Daytime Emmy Awards. We're talking about the realignment of both the primetime Emmys and the daytime Emmys so that both competitions will be organized entirely by content genre versus program scheduling, the, the most this is this being the most significant change to the Emmy Awards since 1974. You can, uh, uh, for more information, go to emmyonline.tv, emmyonline.tv. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. I have been in this business for a long time. You may not have noticed that, but, <laughs> but when I started, 1949, I had no idea that I would still, that I'd still be around at this point, for one thing, but that I'd still be privileged enough to still be in this business. And it is such a privilege. If I can, Adam, since we've been talking about, uh, well, we, 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 we've been talking about both primetime and, and daytime Emmys, but in the last week as we record this conversation, we, we lost one of the first, very first primetime nominees and a recipient of a Daytime Emmy Award in 1983, Betty White. Do you have any thoughts on the passing of Betty White? Well, talk about sort of the epitome of crossover between the daytime and, and primetime competitions. One of the very few people to have won not only individual achievement awards in both competitions, mm -hmm. obviously in primetime for her work on um, Mary Tyler Moore, uh, Golden Girls, and Go -Go, Mary yeah. Tyler Moore, yeah. uh, uh, and more recently, Hot in Cleveland, but in in daytime for her uh, work on game shows, and more recently doing guest uh, uh, spots on, on the soaps, um, but also having achieved Lifetime Achievement Honors, a Lifetime Achievement Award in the Daytime Emmys in 2015, and a... Uh, 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 Television Hall of Fame honor from the primetime Emmys a few years prior. Uh, the the word icon doesn't fully capture. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that Betty White. I think uh, I I'm often at a loss to to fully encapsulate uh, her role. I think one of the the, the best references uh, I I heard in all the various obituaries and and tributes over the last week was. For as long as television has existed, Betty White has been on it. Yeah. Um, in fact, she was even on, she, in front of the camera on one of the test broadcasts of television before television was announced to the public at the World's Fair. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and so uh, to, 
to the extent we've really lost one of the uh, founding figures of, of our industry and one who really captured uh, the reminder of the importance of kindness going a long way. Um, I think it, it was a real devastating loss to, to all of us who grew up as fans and uh, and who had the opportunity to then later know her as, as, as industry colleagues. I don't know whether, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying about it, it's difficult to find one word that, it, that, that, enca- that encapsulates all that Betty White was as a person, but you mentioned that you know, not only was you know she wa- doing uh, daytime television, morning television, as it was being invented, both locally and then later nationally, but she was on one of the very first experimental broadcasts. I suppose institution is a good way to describe Betty White, even though that doesn't cover everything. Indeed, and she's part of the fabric of the institution. We've we've talked about earlier in our conversation today how television has evolved from this notion of a technology to an emotion. Uh, I think she has sort of been the the spirit <laughs> that has flowed through that at every stage. She was there as a part of the pioneering of, of the technology, and she was the soul that helped create that emotional connection. Um, I think it is a, a tremendous loss, and I've been particularly touched to, to see the various uh, remembrances over recent days of, uh, of, of colleagues uh, who have come forward with just stories and, and vignettes about her generosity um, uh, as, as a colleague championing uh, other performers, championing the writers on her shows. Um, you know, I was touched just the other day. Don Cheadle shared a story from his days, one of his earliest performing roles before making it big in the movies was as a supporting character on Golden Palace, mm-hmm. the short-lived sequel series to the Golden Girls mm-hmm. after uh, B. Arthur left the group. And uh, he, he shared the other day this story of how the director of photography on the show really struggled with how to light scenes in which he would appear alongside Betty White because his skin was so dark and her skin was so light. Mm-hmm. And Betty White, without prompting, showed up, having heard about this struggle of the director of photography, showed up on the set the next day, having darkened her makeup and her hair color a few stops. No one had asked her to do it. She had just done it on her own to try to make Don Cheadle, this up-and-coming actor, more comfortable and not feel like he was creating problems uh, on, on, on the set and to be, be welcoming. And he, he shared how he, uh, uh, how that made him feel uh, welcomed and, and championed. Uh, and so just little vignettes like that that have been, been pouring out 
uh, with her generosity of spirit uh, as a essay colleague uh, have been just particularly touching. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Another television icon whom we lost uh, during the during the holiday season, and whose death, um, I, I, I suppose, was eclipsed by the the news of Betty White's passing, was John Madden. And John Madden, icon, is is certainly a word you can describe you can use to describe him, and very much a pioneer and innovator in the way. Um, sports broadcasting and the preparation of sports, of 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 particularly NFL announcers, have come to be in the last forty years. For sure, and I think when you turn on coverage of the NFL today on any network, and you watch the play-by-play and the color commentary and the uh, the interplay between. Uh, the the talent there 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 is a certain formula and while every talented broadcaster brings their own uh, piece to it there are a few core traits uh, that they are all drawing from and a few founding fathers if you will that they're all drawing from and that list of spiritual ancestors uh, is is quite short, and I'd say probably the first two names on on that list are probably Howard Cosell and John Madden, and, uh, for defining this this format of how you cover football on on television. Also, a lifetime achievement Emmy Award winner at the Sports Emmy Awards uh, a number of years ago. Also, someone who uh, helped define not just the spirit and emotion of the coverage, but also as uh, defining the technology. I think you know, many of us remember the early days of the the telescopes <laughs> draw on the screen, uh, and how he uh, sort of pioneered the, the use of that to to illustrate uh, very various points. Um, he he brought the sport. Uh, to life for for viewers and, and fans, and um, definitely a loss for for that slice of our industry as well. And very and, and very much he he embraced he understood the entertainment aspect of his job as as an announcer, but he he also took it upon himself to use his role to to, to use the platform to use the medium to teach viewers who were not as football savvy as he was how 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 a certain play would work or how a certain team will prepare or how a certain coach will adjust the game plan depending on the circumstances of the game break it down in very simple easy to understand and so that you are learning something from the broadcast that you may not have learned before not not everybody took it upon themselves but that that is also now very much a stamp of both of radio and television broadcasting, and we owe that to John Madden as well. Indeed, and I think that that crossover of uh, being able to do play-by-play color analysis all sort of rolled into to one package uh, was all part of the magic. 
Adam Sharp is the president of the National Academy of Television Arts and Sciences. You can follow Adam on Twitter and on Instagram for more on the Academy, emmyonline.tv. Adam Sharp, always a pleasure to chat with you. I look forward to our next conversation. Likewise, Ed. Happy New Year. Thank you for having me. We are putting together a formal program-length tribute to Betty White that will air next week on TV Confidential. We have also put together a remembrance of John Madden that will air in a few weeks as well. In the meantime, we'll take a quick time out, then we'll be back with more of this week's edition of TV Confidential right after this. This Week in TV History now has its own podcast. You can enjoy This Week in TV History with Tony Figueroa on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you find podcasts. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash TV Confidential or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415 415- 886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.